This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet, until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord. Good evening to you and welcome to For Zion's Sake. Thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. If you've been with us earlier this week, you know that we're talking about a very significant time of the year. We are speaking about the spring feasts of the Lord, specifically Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. The Feasts of the Lord are really called the appointed times of the Lord. This is on the Lord's calendar, the Hebrew calendar. God set these dates for us, and we need to observe what God set. We see Passover specifically as the oldest continually observed feast in existence, and it dates back approximately 3,500 years. And we said you might consider the beginning or the origins of Passover in Exodus chapter 2. If you have your Bible, we've read this uh, in the past, but it's so important. Exodus chapter 2, verse 23. Now it came about in the course of those many days that the king of Egypt died, and the sons of Israel cried out because of the bondage, and they cried out, and their cry for help because of their bondage rose up to God. So God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God saw the sons of Israel, and God saw the sons of Israel, and God took notice of them. We also read from Exodus chapter 3. I want to read from verses 10 through 12. All right, Exodus 3, beginning in verse 10. Therefore, this is God speaking to Moses. Therefore, come now, and I will send you to Pharaoh, so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, that I should, should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? And God said, Certainly I will be with you, and this shall be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God at this mountain. It's very significant and important to remember that Moses questioning it. Who am I to do this? God said, Certainly I will be with you powerful. And then we read portions of Exodus 12, and it's worth repeating because this is the basis of that Passover night in Egypt. Now the Lord said to Moses, looking at verse 1 through 13, now the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall be the beginning of months for you. It is to be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, on the 10th of this month, You are each one to take a lamb for themselves according to the father's household, a lamb for each household. 
If the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his neighbor nearest to his house are to take one according to the number of persons in them, according to that which each man should eat. Your lamb shall be an unblemished male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. That's the night of Passover, the 14th day in the month of Nisan. You shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel is to kill it at twilight. Moreover, they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses in which they live and where they eat it. And they shall eat the flesh of that same night, roasted with fire, and they shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled or at all with water, but rather roasted with fire, both its head and its legs, along with its entrails. And you shall not leave any of it over until morning, but whatever is left over until morning, you shall burn with fire. Now you shall eat it in this manner, with your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will go throughout the land in Egypt on that night, and will strike down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Israel I will execute judgments. I am the Lord, and the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. We need to remember that God said uh, he'll, he'll co- compulsion will drive Pharaoh to let the people go. And we have to remember, this was the final plague. Just listen to what happened before this. In, in Exodus 7, we see the first plague was that the water in Egypt, even the Nile, was turned to blood. The, the next uh, plague was the fra- plague of frogs in, in Exodus 8-2. The whole land of Egypt was smoked with frogs. Again, Moses and Aaron went to uh, Pharaoh and said, let my people go, but he continued not to let them go. In uh, Exodus 8.21, there was a plague of insects. In the same chapter, the Egyptian cattle died. In um, the next plague was the Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt. In chapter 10, verse 4, we saw that uh, Moses said, if you refuse to let my people go, I will bring locusts to the land. And the plague right before the death of the firstborn was God caused great darkness over the land for three days. Juni, so powerful, and ultimately the death of the firstborn allowed um, Pharaoh to say, go, you're free to go. The first nine plagues, was very important about that, Shelley, was Israel was in the land of Goshen, and they did not experience any of the plagues that all of Egypt experienced. And God gave them a way to be delivered from the 10th plague, which was the death of the firstborn, both man and beast. And that was taking the Lamb of God for every household and taking the blood which was in the basin to take that blood and put it on the lintels and the doorposts. And God said, he will pass over. And that plague would not touch 
the human or the beast. And what's important about that, Shelley, is when we're born again, the Lamb of God, Jesus, lives in us. And the blood of the Lamb is as powerful today as it was thousands of years ago. And we can stand for righteousness and truth in the Lord. Yes, Lord. And we can live differently than the world when we're born again if we allow the Lord to live his resurrected life through us. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, looking specifically, we want to emphasize two things. Number one, the lamb, and number two, the blood. We read in Exodus 12:5, Your lamb shall be an unblemished male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. This was a prophetic picture of Jesus, because we read in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, You were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Again, what a prophetic picture of the Messiah to come, the true Lamb of God. Interesting, in John chapter 1, verse 29, we read these words. The next day he, meaning John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. No doubt John knew the scriptures and he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And more than that, Shelley, John and Jesus was co- were cousins, and John knew Jesus from the time Jesus was born. And he didn't say, Hi, Jesus, come on in the water. Right. He said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins Thank of you, the Lord. world. Amen, amen. So we see a prophetic picture of Jesus because the lamb slain that night in Egypt was a picture of the Messiah to come. We read in Exodus 12, verse 46, speaking of the slain lamb, it is to be eaten in a single house. You are not to bring forth any of the flesh outside of the house, nor are you to break any bone of it. Doesn't that seem odd? Why do they even talk about you are not to break any bone of it? But listen to what we read in John 19, verses 31 to 33, speaking of Jesus. The Jews, therefore, because it was the day of preparation so that the bodies should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away before the Sabbath. The soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man and of the other man who was crucified with him. But coming to Jesus, when they saw he was already dead, dead, they did not break his legs. You might say, what a coincidence. No, they they did not break the leg on that night in Passover in Egypt because that was a picture of what Jesus was to fulfill. We see in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, For Christ, our Passover, has been sacrificed. So you see, this was the foundation of so much in the new covenant. Again, regarding the blood, we read in Revelation 1.5, To him who loves us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. The same blood that was on the doorpost and the lintel, the blood of God, the blood of Jesus, that prevented the destroyer from entering the homes. 
The blood saved the firstborn in that home. And the blood of the Lamb is as powerful today because it has saved us as it was on that night. Because Ephesians 1 says, In him we have redemption through his blood. Hallelujah. And the blood that was put on the lentils and the doorposts wasn't the blood of Jesus, Shelley. It was the blood of the Lamb prophesied for the Lamb of God to come. Really? Well, let's start this uh, aspect of it, Junie. But another aspect of Passover is separation. And I think I said to you that uh, do we realize with the Egyptian army appearing, uh, coming closer to the sons of Israel, with mountains on either side and the sea in front of them, they would have been destroyed if Moses did not obey the Lord who told him to lift up his staff, stretch out his hand over the sea and divide it. Moses did that and the waters were divided or separated that enabling Israel to cross the sea. So we want to talk about that aspect of separation because most people don't even realize that without the separation of the waters, what would have happened to Israel? And when things seem tough to us, when we're, what's the wording today? If you're between a rock and a hard place, God knows and God sees and he could separate you from a difficult situation at the same way he did for Israel right before the Red Sea. So, Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for the incredible miracle that took place for our people Israel. And you are the same today, yesterday, and forever. And we bless you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Or thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, ShelleyAndJuneVolk.com. That's ShelleyAndJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.